Welcome to Here's What I Hear, a podcast about reflections and tips about relationships, personal development, and connection. My name is Jesse Hipner, and I'm a counselor and coach. I believe one of the biggest parts about being human is how we are connected to other humans, connected in friendships, intimate relationships with family members, colleagues. We live and die in and out of relationships and how we are connected to others. As a counselor and coach, I have helped many couples and individuals make meaningful and even life-saving changes. In this podcast, I want to share a little bit about what I hear from week to week, and I want to share with you some of the tips about ways to work through similar issues. And so, here's what I hear. Well, welcome to another episode of Here's What I Hear. Really appreciate, as I always like to say, those of you who've been listening along, and also if this is the first time that you're listening, I really appreciate you tuning in. And my hope is that as you're listening, you maybe resonate with at least one thing that I talk about and take that away and perhaps can apply that to your life or to your relationships uh, or to something that you're going through or working on in life. I would love to hear from you. I'd love to hear your feedback, your comments. One of the best ways to support this podcast is by liking and leaving a review on whatever platform uh, you're listening on. And then of course, sharing it with somebody who you think as well might benefit uh, from some of these concepts. So really always appreciate that and do check out the show notes and the description in the uh, show. And that's a great way to find out about some of the things that I'm up to, how to work with me, how to get a hold of me, and so forth. I offer a free consultation session is a great uh, thing to take advantage of. So if you resonate with this and you want to go further, or if something is unclear and you're maybe wondering about something, book a call with me. I would love to work with you. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to even just connect with you over that one free consultation session. So um, without further to say, I would love to just jump into this topic for today. While I'm recording uh, this episode, I haven't exactly decided what I'm going to call the episode. And so what I have in my kind of notes right now is just self-care, and softness and hardness doesn't exactly roll off the tongue for a uh, episode title. So the title will perhaps be different when you are listening to this. And you may be wondering, well, how does self-care, softness and hardness, how does relate? And I'll get to that. But I want to kind of paint the picture and lead up to kind of a little bit of my own recent journey through self-care and how I kind of got onto those last two pieces. So self-care, of course, is a big buzzword. And, you know, I think it's used in so many different capacities. People talk about it all the time. People talk about, you know, what are you doing for self-care? How are you taking care of yourself? You know, what are you doing for yourself? And, and are you looking for your, out for your own things? And, and, and I think almost to the point in society where it's kind of lost a little bit of its meaning and a little bit of its importance. 
And I'm not saying that it has to be this big whole ordeal or big to do. And I'm going to talk a little bit about some examples of, I think, some self-care activities that are, are helpful. But I think that the way we have oftentimes approached it or talked about it has lessened a little bit of the, the value and the importance. And I really do mean this when I say I think one of the biggest barriers that I notice with many individuals I work with is the lack of self-care. And that goes all the way into the core also of lack of self-compassion and lack of really slowing down and working on things that are doing things or even just being present in a moment or on something that is truly life-giving to them. And I think probably part of why I recognize that is because I think for a long time, I really struggled with that and still have to be very mindful of that today. I'm privileged to work in a type of of job and have a partner who also owns uh, her own business that allows us to not work in the traditional type of, you know, work capacity. And so I don't have to, you know, go into the office and work 40 hours a week and travel time and all of that, that then gives me, frankly, less time to car for self-care. And so a lot of my week is centered around what gives me life. And so I think my self-care practice this year in particular has really transformed. And so I'm not naive to say that I realize that time is sometimes a big barrier to engaging in self-care. But I think through my own experience of recognizing how important it is, and then of course, you know, hearing the things that I I hear uh, from those I work with, that really could be benefit from even a small amount, 15 minutes. Who who of us can't find 15 minutes? And I would even venture to say 30 minutes in your day. Maybe it's not every day, but at least a couple days throughout the week for some self-care. I would really challenge you to challenge yourself on that. You know, is that really true that you can't possibly find uh, that time for some self-care? So why is self-care important? Well, I like to use the analogy of a reservoir or some type of barrel, you know, that that runs dry, uh, has to be refilled. And that barrel, if it's not getting poured into, uh, is going to run dry. And, and when it runs dry, it's not going to really serve the purpose that it does anymore. You know, thankfully this year here in Colorado, a lot of our reservoirs um, have had a lot of water. We've had a, a good uh, snow season last year, good rain this year. And so there's not too many areas to my knowledge that are still left in drought, but that can always change very quickly because the water is a finite resource and these reservoirs have to be refilled. Uh, otherwise, when they run dry, they they no longer serve their purpose and then people suffer as a result, right? So when it runs dry, it has a major impact. And so as you can probably, you know, connect the dots there, that analogy connects directly into our lives. I I really do believe that there is this currency, if you will, of our energy, whether that's spiritual energy, physical energy, mental energy, our emotions, all of those things that we feel and that we uh, uh, do throughout the day is finite. We don't have an unlimited amount of that. Some people might have more, some people might have less kind of as their default, but we all have a limited amount of internal resources, right? And when we interact 
with people in relationship that draws from that barrel, that draws from that energy reservoir. And if you're not refilling it, it's going to run dry. And I think that that's one of the biggest things that I notice in a lot of people I work with and and people I just know and talk with that they feel like they have run dry and they can't give any more. Now, the reality of that is that some relationships draw more, right? And of course, I think that's one of the reasons that there's couples counseling or couples coaching is because, you know, helping to balance the relationship, if you will. You know, why is one person drawing and requiring more in the relationship than the other? So that's obviously a dynamic in some relationships, and that also is important to work on. But if we have good self-care, and refilling it, I think there might be more margin for working on those challenges. Not to say it's going to, you know, allow you to just get through any any challenge, and you're just going to, you know, be willing to accept any any frustrations or dynamics in a relationship. But it sure helps. It really helps. And so that that's one of the reasons why it's so important, you know. And then beyond, of course, relationships. You know, although I view just about all parts of our life through this lens of relationship, you know, there's things like our our hobbies or our interests or, or our careers or interacting with our kids that require this energy as well. And those things draw from that reservoir. And if we're not refilling that reservoir, it's going to be much harder to choose those relationships or those interactions or those activities. So I hope I've, I've painted a sufficient idea here of, of how and why self-care is so vital. You know, I won't, I won't even get into all the things about, you know, physical health and how exercise and the, th- the foods we eat and things like that, of course, also impact this, this energy in a very uh, direct way as well. That, that's for a whole nother discussion. And so I think that's a really important premise here of this episode is to just recognize and understand this direct interaction that self-care has and how are you caring for yourself and are you doing it consistently, regularly, and in a large enough portion that is refilling that energy that you are spending. So a couple, you know, self-care ideas, right? So maybe you're, you are someone who, you know, wrestles with understanding or, or recognizing what kind of self-care activities to do. And so, you know, of course, there are a variety of specific, you know, self-care activities for each person that might be, you know, more interest to you than others, or even not even approachable to you or approachable to others, such as exercise or certain types of physical activities or certain types of uh, literature or art expressions, things like that, right? But it doesn't mean that uh, just because it is um, something that you haven't done or something that feels maybe a bit out of reach, right? So you can't run a marathon, so you're not going to run. Well, of course, that that's not a you know, that shouldn't be a logical conclusion. And so I want to encourage you to, first of all, have a lot of patience and compassion for yourself and what you will have capacity to engage in with self-care. Well, what do I mean by that? I mean, you know, for example, there with exercise, maybe you can't do some really extraneous exercises. And so, you know, you start out somewhere else, that's still a great place for self-care. Maybe you have a hard time sitting down and reading a, a, you know, a whole chapter of a book in one sitting. Read a couple of pages. Start somewhere. That's totally fine. Maybe you have a hard time engaging in spiritual practices because of an upbringing or because of some, some hardness around that. 
So find something that is interesting to you. Maybe it's philosophical thought, or maybe it's a different spirituality that you want to read about to kind of prime the pump with that. That's great. That's a great spot to start. And engaging in these practices, finding that alone time. And I think that's um, this alone time piece. I think that's one fairly important part of self-care. I'm not saying you can't do self-care with others. I certainly think you can, and that's been true in my life. But I want to say that aloneness is a really big part for a lot of people's self-care practices. You need to be alone, at least need to be distraction-free, need to have kind of a dedicated set of saitan that it's not just kind of, you know, oh, I have a five-minute window here, I'm going to, you know, quickly try to do some yoga. Well, is it better than nothing? Maybe, but it's pretty forced, right? And that's that's really not a great way to, to enter into self-care. So yeah, let me just kind of spitball off a few, you know, self-care activities that I think, um, you know, people could, could try, try in their life and, and could try in your introducing in your routine. So, you know, exercising, we're talking about reading, journaling, just having alone time, just sitting by yourself for 30 minutes or going on a walk or, you know, sitting in a, in moving out of your desk and sitting somewhere else for 30 minutes, right? Making sure you're getting those lunch breaks or your regular breaks. I know so many people who just roll through their work day and, uh, you know, it's this idea of, oh, well, I'm working harder. That is BS. Take your breaks. Take your lunch break. That is so important. You know, you, not only do you deserve that legally, uh, and not only have you earned it, but you just need that. You are going to burn yourself out if you don't have those breaks. Like I mentioned, spirituality or religion. Maybe there. Maybe you want to get back to going regularly to a, a, a community. That would be a great self care activity. You know, and that, or I should say, it could be a great self care activity. Maybe going on a retreat. Maybe just getting out into nature. Maybe taking some time off. That's another thing I know so many people who build up all this time off and somehow it's some type of badge of like, well, I've never taken vacation time in, in 15 years. It's like, wow, you know, what is going on and, and how are you suffering uh, because of that? Take time off, go on, go on a trip, take a long weekend, take a whole week off and, and then another, you know, yoga and meditation. Those last couple ones, I want to share a little bit about my own my own kind of journey with yoga and meditation. Now, don't get me wrong; I'm, I'm not a, a great, you know, consistent practicer of, of either of them. But I I have been trying to do more, you know, just mindfulness and meditation. I like to talk a lot about this and with the clients I work with, but also personally. And just this morning, and here's where I'm going to pull in the, this concept of softness and hardness, and I think that it relates a lot to self care because this. Is, I think, an example of what we can take out of self-care when we commit that time to it. And so this morning when I was meditating, and I just did 15 minutes of, of meditation, yeah, nothing, you know, nothing substantial. I'm trying to work up to uh, you know, longer times, but that's not really the point of it either. One of the things that I was really conscientious of, of and, uh, and aware of it is, is sometimes I have a very hard approach to life and to things, especially, I think as a parent. Now, I think if you uh, if you know me or you you know uh, met uh, my my wife and I and, and how we parent, I think you would uh, probably say it's you know far cry from you know how some people parent. But I, I'm still aware of. I think there are moments right when our when our impatience gets the best of us, or when I am getting frustrated or or uh, aggravated. Uh, it's easy to go to this place of hardness, right? And 
and having a hard uh, uh, reaction or coming down hard on someone, or maybe it's the dogs, or maybe it's even my wife from time to time, right? And so when I was meditating this morning, I was kind of aware of this, and I thought, what does hardness really do? Hardness is not going to make somebody uh, uh, kinder or gentler or nicer. Hardness is really just going to break things. And it either makes things, I think, harder. You know, when you compress something, that uh, takes a lot of force and then it makes that object even harder or it shatters it. I don't know if you've ever seen those, you know, YouTube videos or whatever of, you know, those really strong um, hydraulic presses crushing things. And some things uh, really get compressed and then, you know, therefore are really, really uh, hard or they totally shatter or smush, you know, or things like that. There's not really a whole lot in between. And I was like, do I, do I want to have that approach to life? Hardness in my work, hardness to myself, hardness in my exercise, hardness in, in, interacting with other people, especially as a, a father and as a husband, even to the dogs. And, 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 you know, and I'm sure that there's these ideas coming to mind of like, well, what about discipline? What about consequences? Yes. And, and we're navigating that we're figuring that out, right. Of, of what does that look like? And every stage with kids is different, of course, as well. You know, um, I think especially of the parents I work with and the adolescents I work with, there's a different type of approach that's needed, but is it, is the best approach hardness? Is that going to produce the results I want, you want? You know, I think there's this really big also taboo in our society of like, well, don't be a soft person. You know, no one wants to be soft. Don't be, don't be a pushover. You know, don't be, don't be easily manipulated. Don't be easily influenced. And so then I think there's this big, there's this big runaway from being soft. And I would actually really challenge that. I would say, you know, what does softness produce? For me, when I think of softness, I think of like a cozy blanket by the fireplace and and comfort and pleasure and peace and rest. I think of my bed. <laughs> I think of how soft uh, our bed is and how comfortable it is. I, also, I think of the dog's fur, how soft that is. I mean, I think of the cool uh, morning air or the warm summer breeze after a long winter or snowflakes, right? These things that are soft. And I think, man, you know, there is a lot that I really appreciate about that. Why would I not want to have that approach to others? If someone is trying to take advantage of me, I, th I, I think I'm, I'm confident enough, which ironically relates to the last episode I just, uh, we, uh, just aired a couple weeks ago. If I have that self, healthy self-confidence, um, I think that I can still navigate and protect myself through that of, of someone trying to take advantage of me. And I think I can help those around me, such as my child, learn you know, how not to be taken advantage of, and yet still be soft and gentle and kind and comforting. And, and I think that that's kind of a novel idea. And, you know, so I don't know, I don't know where I'll go with this. I don't know, you know, what that is, but it's the thought I had this morning from my own self-care practice. That's kind of the reason I wanted to include it today and to share with you about when we slow down and whatever your self-care practice could look like, 
there's these things that come to mind and there's these things that we connect with. And I want to share that at the very least. Maybe you don't agree with my, my takeaway at all, but at the very least, that that is obtainable for you as well. Something that could be meaningful to you. And perhaps what I talked about there with softness and hardness, maybe that is a healthy challenge to you. And maybe that gives you a different way to kind of look at things. Well, thanks so much for listening. And yeah, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to work with you. And right now my Thrive coaching program is closed, but it will be opening up uh, in the next couple months. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. And in the meantime, uh, you can get a hold of me uh, via email uh, or schedule a consultation call with me. Hey, if you enjoyed this episode or found something insightful, I would love to invite you to join Thrive. Thrive is a weekly coaching program that I run where we talk about relationships, life, careers, and various other topics similar to you know all the episodes that I talk about on here, all the topics and so forth. And it's a lifetime access program, which means your purchase gets you literally lifetime access to come to this weekly coaching program. And that means you can tend as much or as little as you want and attend when you want or when you need. The program opens up periodically throughout the year. So be sure to listen here to this show. And I let my listeners know when it's opening and closing. And I also let folks know via my email list. So be sure to subscribe if you're not already. I also offer a free consultation session. I usually talk about that throughout the episodes as well, but I just want to highlight that here, that that is a really good opportunity for you to you know, bounce an idea off or ask a question to a professional counselor and coach myself and get some honest feedback or some suggestions on things to try differently. You can find the links in the show description and I would love to hear from you via email if you want to reach out with any questions or thoughts. Quick note for liability, I am not your coach or counselor. Just listening to this show alone does not at all make me your counselor or coach. If you think I'm your counselor and I'm not working with you in my private practice, that's probably a good indicator you need some counseling. Of course, if you're in the Denver metro area or if you are open to doing virtual coaching, feel free to reach out and schedule a consultation call that I talked about. But I just want to highlight that this podcast does not equate to being in treatment with me. Lastly, and most importantly, if you're struggling with thoughts of wanting to kill yourself, wanting to die, or feeling like there's no way out, I really want you to get help immediately. A good option is frankly the emergency room, or if you're in the United States, you can call 800-273-825.